Welcome to Bear and Balance. I'm Jeff Burkus, a writer for Windy City Gridiron, and I'm joined by the editor of that fine website, Lester A. Wiltfong Jr. Lester, the Bears extended their losing streak to 14 games in spectacular fashion with a close 31 to 28 loss. Other than the game, how are you doing this week? Doing good. You know, it's a it's a nice, beautiful day here in the Midwest, and uh, you know, I, I can't complain. I mean, it's uh, besides the Bears, life is good. Yeah, we had kind of a warm streak here lately, yeah, right? It's been yeah. kind of nice. But then when the sun's starting to go down, the wind kind of picks up and it's really nice, right? Yeah, the I, weather's, I the fall. weather's the kind of nice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's even like a warm fall, but like yeah. it's still fall. You don't have quite the humidity. So, all right. Well, now that we've got the weather out of the way, because that's what Midwesterners do and there's nothing fun to talk about, we'll get into the game. Um, nice. We start every show in the trenches because uh, we need the big guys to get a little love. So, Trench tribute this week for you. Who are you picking out? It's another tough one this week. You know, one. I kind of looked at the film and I'm like, you know, do I really go defense? You know, I mean, I thought Demarcus Walker was okay. Andrew Billings again had some nice moments. You know, there was finally a sack. You know, for the first time since week one, so that that was fun. Uh, two sacks the Bears are up to now. I look at offense, I'm like, okay, you know, I don't know. So I, I'm going outside the box this week. Uh-oh. So, so I'm, I'm going to ask you a question. According to Pro Football Focus, you know, do you know who led the Bears in quarterback pressures? I'm going to guess week? Jaquan Brisker. Jaquan Brisker is my trend tribute this week. I, I thought for sure that that the, the days of a guy like Brisker leading the Bears in sacks would not happen this year. Um, but but I got to go with Brisker. You know, that's it's a nod to Coach Flus for – Sending him a little bit. He did a little creative stuff with the blitz, which was nice to see. But yeah, I'm, I'm going to go outside the box. Jaquan Brisker, safety, four quarterback pressures, my trench tribute this week. Now, are you saying outside the box because you're thinking outside the box oh, or because man. you're talking about the box in football where the tackle box? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with that. I like you're, that better. You totally meant to do that. I totally I meant it was a play. It. it was my pun right there. I love it. Yeah. Great job. Yeah, I think uh, Demarcus Walker's biggest play or best play may have been drawing a hold. Uh, so I don't yeah. know that you can give him trench tribute for that. But I mean, that's nice, right? There's nothing wrong with that. Um, we we both like Billings quite a bit. I'm, I'm just going to go back and I, I can't help myself but watch Darnell Wright. And I know he had a hold. Uh, I mean, yeah, okay, it was a hold. But like, you know, kind of reposition or layoff or whatever. Uh, yeah. Definitely don't want to get caught doing that that far downfield. But overall, um, I, you know, I know, again, I know he got beat, but it's a rookie. I, th- I think he's going to be good. Um, I can't help but watch him when, I, when I'm when i watching the game, um, yeah. which means that he's got some skill, right? Like it's fun to watch him. And uh, I'm going to continue to do that throughout the year because I think he's one of the, the lone bright spots right now. Uh, and so I'm going to, I'm just going to stick with right. That's a good pick. He had a couple penalties. You know, he he, he admitted that the, the the fourth down play. He said he missed. A, he made a mistake there. But you know, the fact that he's he's able to 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 be aware of what's going on, uh, he knows what he has to work on. I, I think that speaks good for the rookie. And then he, like you said, when when he's playing, your eyes are drawn to him because I, on the plays where he's good, you're like, yeah, that's the, that's the guy. That's the dude at right tackle that the Bears can you know have that old line built around you know, for the next seven, eight, nine, ten years, hopefully. So, yeah, I, I like right. I mean, like I said, the O-line, D-line, you know, there weren't the greatest performances this week, but I, I like right. That's a good pick. 
I'm sure I'm sure somebody can talk about Nate Davis coming in and, and being a little bit solidified uh, on that position. But if you go center and left, uh, that was a very bad game from from those three individuals. They did not look good at all. So trying to pick out something on that offensive line, particularly in a game where they did put up 28 points. So uh, you need to give them a little bit of love there. So. All right, enough with the trench tribute. Let's get into Twitter. Uh, what are you highlighting this week from the Twitter machine? You know, our, our Zach Pearson uh, does a great job for the Bear Report. Um, he tweeted out, uh, he, of course, is on the beat. He's in the locker room. Man, that was a tough locker room to be in. Those players are feeling it. Field sat in his locker room with his pads and jersey on, just looking at the ground. He's taking this loss tough. And it makes me wonder, you know, we always talk about how old they're going to lose the locker room, the coaching staff, right? You know, that, that takes a lot. I mean, it takes a lot to do it. I talked about, I was on a show earlier today with, at, uh, uh, with, with our guy, uh, Sean Sierra. Same thing kind of came up is like, we saw a bad locker room in the Tressman era. That was ridiculous. Players going to the media, coaches going to the media, coaches crying in front of players, just weird, a weird situation all around. That was a lost locker room. I don't think this locker room is at that point yet, but there are a lot of people talking about it's going to happen. Of course, you know, Coach Eberflus is on the hot seat as far as fans are concerned, as far as media is concerned. But, but you know, th- these players, man, you know, they're still b- battling. You know, th- they want to get that that W. It's been a long time for these guys, you know. So it's just interesting to see how the beat writers are kind of now have kind of shifted a little bit. And, you know, even some of the guys that are usually negative, they're kind of like, man, they're starting to feel bad for what's going on with these players because they see the big picture here. Yeah, you know what's kind of sad? When the Chicago media starts feeling bad for the players, right? Yeah. That's not a good sign. Yeah. Uh, is this a good time to talk about an individual who wasn't in the locker room or on the sideline on Sunday that otherwise you might expect? Yeah, it might be a good place for it here. So Chase Claypool uh, was asked to stay at home or maybe he was not asked and he chose to stay at home but oh maybe actually it was that what in the world was going on with the differences between the bears pr and coach matt Eberflus of giving us the straight answer of why chase claypool wasn't present in the in the locker room even though he wasn't going to dress um and on the sidelines he chose to stay home or then later on it was uh clarified that he was actually told to stay home and then he was told to stay home because that's a distraction to the team and we don't want that. And he's not going to be at Hallis hall this week. I, I mean, this guy's done, right? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's, they're trying to work out a, obviously some kind of trade right now. And if a trade doesn't happen, they're just going to release him. I don't see any other pathway out of this for chase Claypool. Yeah. It was weird. Such a very weird, uh, a weird situation. The whole, the whole thing with the press conference yesterday. Um, and then of course today, uh, before that, the PR comes out and they have to clarify, which makes you wonder why is not a PR guy there before Eberflus takes the podium? Hey man, they're going to ask you about Chase Claypool. Here's the company line. <laughs> Stick with this. Okay. Just make sure you say this. Some, and then that's, that's it. They ask you again. Ah, well, you know, this is it. You know, he, he's he's home for this. You know, what, he, he looked like a jackass up there doing what he's doing. And then today, of course, Chicago media, it comes out again, you know, because it came out that Coach Eberflus, they've asked him to stay home for the week. You know, so, of course, the, the media didn't want to know. So he, he took, like, seven, eight minutes of, like, peppered 
question after question about Chase Claypool. They want details of this, and you know he really wouldn't give nothing up. And it just, like you said, the trade's happening. If they can't trade him, they're going to cut him. 32nd uh, overall draft choice this last year went for him. Of course, Ryan Poles didn't know that was going to be the pick, but still, he took a, he, he took a gamble. You know, it was a uh, rolling dice on a guy that had some probs in Pittsburgh. Um, rumors of him being a, a distraction there. And there was some stuff, you know, that was on, you know, visible that we saw through some of the Sealer games where he was just on the field being a, a distraction and doing stupid things. So he gambled. That gamble did not pay off. Now, at the time, to be fair, let's talk about the Chase Claypool thing now, right? Uh, in terms of the overall compensation and all that. Um, Claypool... At the time when that happened, we we talked about it and we said, why is this player available yeah. and what are you giving up, right? And then now that you've made the move, like, okay, let's see what happens. Like we're, you know, we're excited to add a talent like him. A lot of Bears fans were hoping that they would have drafted him over Cole Met, right? Like they're, you know, okay, like, you know, we're going to take the wait and see approach. But you have to always ask yourself, why is a player like that available, particularly from a, from a franchise like Pittsburgh? And, you know, he didn't have a very good start to his Chicago career last year. Like there was some issues last year on the on the field. Um, you know, he, he had an injury. Right. There was just stuff that happened. And you and I both were like, you know what? It's weird. Like get traded mid year. You probably feel a little betrayed. You don't have the, you know, the, the, the relationship with the quarterback. It's a new offense. You know, you're kind of making all the potential excuses to just say, like, let's just wait and see. And we get to camp and he is chippy. I mean, yeah. he's he's picking fights with defensive players. You know, he's he's getting up and, you know, beating his chest when he makes a play in practice. And like some of that's OK. And some of that's maybe a little much when it's your teammate. Kind of reminds you of the last time this locker room had an issue, right? Where you had like the Martellus Bennett, Kyle Fuller stuff, I think was, yep. was going on, right? Yeah. So, so you know, there's a little bit of that, but you know, he's okay. Well, you know, now that you have all the off-season stuff, which I don't care about. You know, if you get your your stuff together when the season starts and you start performing on the field, everybody forgets about that. Yep. And then you had what was happening <laughs> on the field, which was terrible. Uh. There was no effort. There, you know, there, there was given up on blocks, um, you know, and then the next game he would block his butt off. Right. And then he would make comments in the media about how he didn't know the play or he thought it was a, a run play, not a pass play on that screen, you know, stuff like that. And you're like, wait, what is this guy? He's all over the place. He's got, you know, potential high highs. He's got super low lows. He's inconsistent, which is um, not what a professional football player needs to be to be able to stay on the field. And then he makes those comments this week you know, basically uh, calling out the coaches for not using him in the right way. You know, there's some rumors that maybe he's not, you know, the the calmest guy in the locker room towards the towards the coaches and the players and all that. Don't know anything about that for real. Well, maybe we'll never find out. Maybe we'll find out some of that at some point. Uh, but that leads to this. And this is a this is a young man who's in his fourth year in the league. Contract here. Due to be signed yeah. a contract. And he may be costing himself tens of millions of dollars like i don't know if there's another team that will come close to him or that give him a vet minimum deal to try to prove it i mean he has put himself on a track that is very different than what his physical potential would speak to and so 
I, I don't know. Uh, I mean, you just, you can't feel bad for a guy like that because you know, he's, he's digging his own grave, but it's uh it is very disappointing that the bears missed out on using that draft capital for something that would be more productive. And you hope that if Ryan Poles continues to be the general manager of this football team in the future, that he asks himself that question, which is why is this player available? And can, can I fit this player in? That's what you have to ask yourself on all those. And then I'll ask you this. Did Ryan Poles talk to Cole Komet and Equinemius <laughs> St. Brown and these other Notre Dame guys yeah. that would know him? And did they get a personality type profile of who this guy could be? And did they weigh that when they made that move? You would hope so. I mean, the, these teams, you know, besides just that, these teams have interviewed these prospects at the combine. They interview them, you know, at, at, at the school visits. They interview them at the at the uh, the, uh, the, the the games, uh, like the East West and, and the Senior Bowl, all this stuff. So they have like so much information on these guys. And I know Ryan Poles came here from you know another organization, but I'm sure he had his own notes when he was with the Chiefs. I'm sure when he comes to Chicago, Chicago has files and files on, on Chase Claypool. That's just what these teams do because they're not just interviewing them at the combine for draft possibility. They're interviewing them, so when they're a free agent in four years, now they have some information on them. So I, I hope he dug into all that stuff. I, I can't see him not doing it. But like you said, Cole Komet, Equinemius St. Brown, two guys right there on his team. Let's talk to these guys. You know, they're obviously from Notre Dame. Let's see what they have to say. I mean, and then Cole Komet, he's been very positive. Everything about, about Chase Claypool in, in the media when he talks is positive. But maybe behind the scenes it's a different story. So, I mean, that's something we'll never know. The, the whole thing with Chase Claypool, man, I mean – there's a lot of stuff on social media and, and I'm starting to see stuff. Well, who, whose fault is this? Is it the coaching? Is it the GM? Is, ultimately it's Chase Claypool. I mean, he had a chance here in his contract year, like you said, tens of millions of dollars. You know, he, he was a pretty good rookie. He had a pretty good year too. For whatever reason it happened in his year three, the Steelers are like, yeah, that's enough. We're not going to deal with this anymore. Maybe his head got too big for what was going on there, but organizations like Pittsburgh, pretty good organization if they're ready to dump a guy that's a flag that should go up ravens another good organization you know pa packers and packers as much as we hate the packers that's been a pretty well-run organization from the, the the front office standpoint there's some organizations you have to ask yourself if they're ready to move on maybe there's something else here you know but of course the whole thing with chase though the rumor was the packers were also after him that's why the bears had to give the second round pick to make sure the packers didn't get him Man, can you imagine if the Packers would have got him? It would have been great. That's one of those uh, one of those matchups against the Packers that you wish you would have lost. Yes, you know, uh, enough L's in that in that rivalry. <laughs> we couldn't. We would gladly take one more in, in hindsight yeah. with that. All right, mine's from uh, Tom underscore Mahoney one um, Again, the just just Tom underscore Mahoney was taken. I guess. Uh, he says, I respect the depths to which George McCaskey will go to ensure that the franchise continuously swaps inept coaches in order to keep the Bears off of hard knocks. Say what you will, but he's been very, very effective. And I don't know if Tom Mahoney has is calling back to to my personal uh, displeasure with, with George McCaskey for keeping the Bears off of hard knocks because it's a fun program. I, some people don't like it. Fine. Don't watch it. Um, but I find it to be a fun program. 
and uh, I would love to see the bears on it. You could really just showcase the history of the bears. You could, you know, there's a lot of stuff that you could do. It is not a distraction. There's, you know, players are not saying that Um, a lot of times it gives players a platform and it it gives you, uh, you know, an insight into these players and to the team where you, you can draw in more fans and George McCaskey is just George, just dead set against it. I don't know why I, I, I can't figure it out for the life of me, but he's, he's against it. Um, but it, this is a very funny take here uh, to say, Hey, George is doing this uh, to, to stay out. Now there was a response that it was, you know, all you got to do is make the playoffs and and then you're, you're out. out. Yeah. You're out too. So, you know, so, so you, you can take the other approach, right? Like you don't have to take the, 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 constant churning of coaches approach to avoid hard knocks not not, not the bears the bears uh everything they do is is the hard way so there it is Ugh. everything they do is hard yeah all right uh i just thought that was funny i had to highlight it and again you know, you, the tweets you've been getting this season have been outstanding i, I like your your technique you're asking the, the people give me something i can highlight and the people have come through with some fire i like it crowdsourcing it's great. Yeah, yeah. It's better than me trying to go in and just like pull a Brad Biggs tweet every week. Right. I mean, yeah. let's, let's get some, let's get some people in here that, uh, you know, they're salty or they're angry or they're, they're tossing a joke. I love it. Like let's, yeah. let's get that in here. So we're going to have some fun in a 14 game losing streak somehow. Oh. All right. Speaking of numbers caught up in a numbers game. What do you got for your stat of the week? Um, I, I'm staying depressing on my number this week. I have two numbers. My numbers are 10 for 91. And uh, that is a 10 penalties for 91 yards. Do you know that 10 penalties is the most penalties in the Matt Eberflus era? The hits philosophy, the the, the culture guy, 10 penalties. Are you kidding me? This is happening now. I mean, you know, these things happen every now and again, you know, weird games like this, but you know, the, again, we talk about it, the the discipline, he's the discipline coach. He's the defense coach. You know, he's the hits philosophy coach. You know, if the defense is bad, if if there's you're getting hit with a bunch of penalties, what the hell are you doing here? You know, the the a lot of the Chicago media are, are getting really they think his time is coming. You know, it's not happening this week, obviously, because he's already talked to the media. They got a game in a couple days here, you know. But if they lose to Washington, they got that extra time here where they can kind of sort their their house in order here. Maybe. They make a move. I would be surprised because that's just not the Bears thing. But if there was a time to do it, it would be now. And then there's also another Thursday night coming up. Don't they have the Panthers here in like three weeks on Thursday night, which is kind of a weird scheduling quirk? You sure? They play two. Are are there multiple Thursday games that day or something? No, I I think they just this year they're the first time they can have two. I'll have to check the schedule. Um, But but this would be the time if they're going to fire them. But again, I can't see it happening, but come on, Coach Felice. You got to get your stuff together. You got to get things figured out. And then uh, is it a Thursday with the Panther? Yeah, you're right. I thought that everybody had like one Thursday game. They changed that this year to let let the Amazon Prime have multiple teams on occasion. And I guess Chicago, the Chicago markets, they they won that. Poorly. (laughs) They did, yeah. Well, they might have chose the Caleb Williams Bowl, which is – the Chicago yeah. Bowl because they own the Panthers pick. So that's so, fun. real quick. So let's say the Panthers. Well, the Panthers aren't gonna have a chance at the guy, but there's a lot of teams that are kind of in the market for this guy. You know, Caleb sure. Williams, obviously, Drake May, 
good quarterback class, you know. Yeah. Justin Fields just balled out, you know. Yeah. Um, well, real quick, let's go to what's what's your number this week? My number sixteen, which okay. is a franchise record uh consecutive passes and that was to start the game from justin fields there so an excellent uh record that is broken that's actually shane matthews record of of 15 straight against new england from december 10th of 2000 you gotta all go all the way back then then hat tip to our friend sam householder for picking that up right away and tagging jack and i on the uh twitter machine for a new record so that was all in the first half and it was broken by that uh uh, Hail Mary attempt right at the end of the half. That's my that's my stat of the week. Justin Fields setting records. He had his uh, best passing game as a pro. So so this goes back to my questions. So what do the Bears have to do? I mean, obviously the the talk for the first part of the season has been, you know, tank. Here, here comes the tank again. They're going to go after another quarterback again. But Justin Fields, let's say he stacks a few of these games in a row. At, at some point, the Bears are going to win a game. I mean, they're not going to, you know. I mean, God, I hope they don't keep losing. At some point, they, they may win a game, right? They may not get that first overall pick from themselves, but the Panthers, you know, they're still in play. You know, they're, they're a bad football team. They're, they're trying to work things on their own, and the Bears have that pick. What does Fields have to show this year to make the Bears not take Caleb Williams if the Carolina Panthers do have that first overall pick? I think that if the Bears are in a position where either through their own pick or through the Panthers pick, because I mean, generally it's not a one-win team. That's you know, you, you get a couple. The Bears have won three win, had three wins last year, and they had the number one pick, right? So you know, you'll you'll get some wins. Um, but I think that if they do have the first pick, and they, you know, again, Caleb Williams looks like if he is what he is which is, yeah. you know, this is this guy that, you know, people say generational, which is a tough word, but like, you know, the cleanest prospect since Andrew Luck, you know, but pick your whatever phrase. This is a guy that's people are really excited about. Okay. You would have an opportunity to reset the quarterback clock in turn of rookie contract. And you would get a guy that as good of a prospect as Fields was, would be a better prospect. Now it doesn't mean that he's going to hit. doesn't mean that he's going to be great, but, you have a lot of positives going for you. Plus you would have that other pick, which is likely going to be a pretty good pick, maybe even another great pick right now, as it stands, the bears would have the number one and the number two pick. I doubt that'll finish that way, but you know, if, if you had something like that, you could still trade out of one of those, get a, get more picks to, to build into the future or take, you know, an absolute blue chip prospect to pair with Caleb Williams. Now the, anyway, go, just going through that. Now, to answer your question, what would he have to do? I think that in in many ways, he has to show that he's a top five quarterback. Yeah. And by the end of the year, I, I really think that he has to show what I said at the beginning of the year was that you have to be able to make a legitimate argument that Justin Fields is the best quarterback in the NFC by the end of the year. Jalen Hurts is right now, I think, people would say that he's the best quarterback in the NFC by the end of the year. You could make an argument that fields is better. Not that he is, or that, you know, that for sure that everybody agrees, but you could make a legitimate argument that that was the bar that I wanted to set for fields right now. It's not there, right? Right now he has to stack these games together. Like, and I'm talking seven, eight games in a row like this, yeah. right? Like, I mean, he's, he's sort of used up all of his bad cards already. Now, <laughs> Is that coaching? You know, I'm, I think it's a lot of it, but, you know, he has to 
have that switch flipped on and that has to just continue throughout the rest of the year, which also means that you're probably going to win some games and knock at least your pick out of that top range. But again, like you, the question was, if you have the number one pick from the Panthers and, and, and what does Justin Fields have to do to save his job? To me, I think he has to be able to show that he's one of the two best quarterbacks in the conference. What do you think? Yeah, I, I'm kind of right there with you. I mean, he's got to show that. I mean, he has got to make a, a, a no doubter. I mean, there has to be no question, you know, and then like, like, like what, what is that for the numbers? It's hard, it's hard to say, but you know, like he's just got to, I mean, it's, it's, it's league wide. They've got to look at him and say, yeah, there's, there's no question. The bears found their guy. That's got to be like the national narrative has to test to totally flip and say, there's no question. You know, if there's any doubt whatsoever, then I think you owe it to your, to your franchise. And, you know, you, you got to go get the new guy. I mean, I love Justin Fields. I think he's just a, a great prospect. I, I I like what he is off the field too. He's just, we really want him to succeed, but you know, through some problems, not even his own problems. We've talked about coaching. You owe it to the franchise. And then, but if that's the case though, I'm telling you right now, if that's the case, if they do, Carolina's got the first overall pick, we're going to go with the, with a rookie quarterback. You got a clean house. You just got a clean house at that point because you've got to get the, everything lined up, you know, head coach, offense, quarterback, line them up. And then let's, let's go. If, if, if it's not the case, then there's no point. I'm ready to give Matt Eberflus's ticket. <laughs> yeah, now. Let's get the hell. Yeah. Like I'm done. Like he, yeah. I mean, we have, we passed over that bridge a while ago for <laughs> me. Um, and everything he does now is just sort of, continuing to stack on that but yeah you absolutely have to have to align everything and and if you did have that that would be a very attractive landing spot right particularly if you you have that and you have more draft capital and you have a right tackle that we think is going to be good you have uh, a wide receiver one that is showing out which we can get into in a little bit. Out, yeah. um, but let's 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 do our normal fields report before we take our yeah. break so fields had I think his best game passing as a pro, I don't, I, I don't yeah. think that I need to convince anybody of that, but 28 to 35 for 335 yards. Um, is that right? He had four touchdowns. Did I write that down? Right. Four touchdowns. You did. Jeez Louise, four touchdowns, one interception took four sacks, which that's a Justin Fields line. Uh, yeah. Lost 35 yards on those and only ran the ball four times uh, for 25 yards. So that was good enough to be nominated for the FedEx Air, whatever of the week, Air um, Player of the Week, Air yeah. Player of the Week, whatever. Now, did he win the Ground Player of the Week last year? He did one, nom- I think, once. Yeah, right. So this is, I think, this is probably his first time being nominated for the thing that quarterbacks get nominated it is, for. It is. It yeah. is. Uh, so, so that's pretty exciting. Now, I don't know if he'll win because uh, Josh Allen had a really great day. Um, and, you know, Hertz was the other one. Hertz is the other one, yeah. Other one. So, uh, you know, he might not win, but being nominated for something like that to, for his passing prowess is great. Uh, now again, this was against the defense that just gave up seventy points to the Dolphins. Um, this may be a really, really bad defense. Like they, they have some fundamental problems. They have people like Cole Komet were running wide open, uh, which I don't know that I've ever seen before. Like there was no one. 10 yards around Cole Komet a couple times. So this was, you know, degree of difficulty. This was a low degree of difficulty day for, for Justin Fields, but an incredible day and absolutely uh, worthy of high praise uh, for his best passing day as a pro. The, the fourth quarter wasn't the best. I um, mean, obviously, you know, 
the the fumble uh, was tough. He took the sack there. You know, the Bears the Bears run that that bootleg offense. You know, they run it from time to time, and you know this one play did not fool the Broncos at all. They had seen it earlier in the game. You know, there was nothing there. A lot of times you'll see a a, a team will kind of motion a, a tight end across or a receiver across, kind of chip that that free rusher on, on the way out, or even give the illusion that, that they're gonna you know run something at, but. He just got right through, made the sack. Justin Fields has to be smarter. He just got to, you know, at that point, you got to eat the sack. You just got to, you know, you, 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 there are some times when, like, when I break down the sacks, there are some times when, when like, that would be a sacks happen. You know, a, a free rusher off the edge, the smart play would have been just hold the ball tight and just get sacked, you know, because you, you're, you know, trying to do what he did. It just was a bad play. Um, it happens sometimes to pick. Now, he, he talked about it, you know, that he thought Komet was going to do one thing. Komet did what he was trained and coached to do. Um, it's unfortunate. And and you, you heard Just Fields talk about it in the press conference that, you know, he was just wanted the Komet to kind of do a, a football thing. You kind of play football. You kind of freelance a little bit. But I don't think this offense is at that point where Luke Gatsy's letting his guys freelance. It's not the Chiefs. You know, this is not Mahomes and, and Kelsey right. where, you know, I'm, I'm sure Justin Fields would like that kind of freedom and would hope his guys would have that kind of freedom. And that's something that may happen at some point with, with these guys if they stick together for a long time and they're there. But it's not there yet. It was a bad play, um, bad interception. It happens. Um, it's unfortunate that the whole – that that's the, the lasting memory of the, of the Fields game because this was a huge game for him the fumble, the, the, the scoop and score, the pick. And, and again, I'm going to go back to some of the play calling, you know, where was the aggressiveness? You know, you, you, you stack up 28 points throwing the ball, you know, and then all of a sudden in the fourth quarter, is this Getsy just being conservative? Is this coach Iberflus saying, Hey man, we got a lead. Let's just ride this out and coast to the victory here and, and try and protect this thing. I, I have my doubts and i most offensive guys want to attack. You know, I I, I kind of find it hard to believe that Getsy would just kind of want to want to do that, especially when he's been cooking all day. I think this just goes back to the mentality of your head coach as a defensive guy. That, that's what defensive guys do. You know, that's that's who they are. You know, they can't help it. You know, so I, I think that's yeah, par partly Getsy, but again, let's not blame all the play calling on the play caller when there's someone in his ear saying, "Hey, we're winning. Let's not do anything stupid." Let's just be smart here with the ball. I mean, we we had some personal texts back and forth this week where we were talking yeah. about Everflus, and you know, we I won't divulge your side of it, but my side of it was it was a mistake to hire a defensive head coach with a young quarterback. It just doesn't make yeah. any sense at all, and and I think that's proven itself out uh, for a lot of reasons, um, but particularly things like this, right? You're not putting him in a position to succeed, so. Uh, let's let's take that quick break. And on the other side of this, we will uh, talk about everybody's favorite segment, the three bears. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 
360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. All right, Lester, let's talk three bears, hot bowl of porridge, cold bowl of porridge, and just right. Who did you have for your hot bowl of porridge this week? Kind of went a few ways here, but I'm going to go with the rookie cornerback, Terrell Smith. Uh, hmm. He got the, the start because Jalen Johnson uh, was was injured. Um, five tackles, uh, one tackle for loss, one pass defense. Um, when I went back and watched the game, I thought he was pretty solid in run support. I have not got the all 22 yet. Um, that hasn't uh, dropped yet, but, you know, it's from – the ridiculous CBS broadcast angles that I oh could tell. I, I thought Smith played pretty good. You know, he looked capable in coverage. You know, this is a fifth round draft pick, you know, so Jalen Johnson in a contract year. He always has a couple injuries. It seems like their whole career. He doesn't have a lot of turnovers. Maybe the Bears are kind of waiting for him to prove himself before they pay him. And they're thinking, well, we got, you know, Terrell Smith here. Maybe he can hold it down to we spend another second round draft pick on a, on a cornerback. <laughs> just every year let's just every happen. year let's just every year just more more second round picks on corners uh, well it is the sweet spot for corners so i mean the approach is. is actually correct but it is yes, yeah. I, I get i get the joke um that's interesting i i did not i did not expect that i i do love the call out of the terrible camera angles from the cbs terrible. uh broadcast i mean what are they doing? Like, there's just like, you know, it it's like from the sidelines, but like up the defensive side of the field, like 10 yards. And then they angle in that way. They, it, it, they just do that because they want to be different because that's not giving you any good football information. It just, it, honestly, it's just disorienting it is. more than anything. Yeah. Like, why are they showing me this? Why, why wouldn't you show it the other way? So you, I can see the defense or show me from, you know, the end zone angle. God, that was, that was annoying, but, yeah, that's a that's an interesting pick. I like it, and like you say, you know, you get a guy like Jalen who misses some starts pretty much every year. This guy gets an opportunity to show what he has, and that does give you some flexibility. The Bears have money, but you know why spend it if you're you've got a guy that may not be available. Availability is uh, an you know a very important attribute to have. So, all right, for me, I was I was gonna we talked enough about Fields. I was just gonna call out his his day passing. Um, but I'll, I'll say Cole Komet. <laughs> He's doing <laughs> touchdowns, right? Um, I know he, he, that miscommunication or whatever at the end, there's no mind meld between Fields and, and Komet like there is Mahomes and Kelsey. Okay, fine. You got probably the best quarterback of all time, potentially, and probably the best tight end of all time. And they play together and they have a mind meld. The, the same thing's not going to happen quite quite yet for Fields and Komet. But the, I mean, he had a good game. Like, I mean, he, yeah. he again, he was running open a lot. Um, you know, he, he made the play in the end zone, uh, you know, on that little kind of crazy scramble, scramble play. Um, but the, you know, I don't expect that out of Cole Komet. I, my, my expectations for Cole Komet are pretty mid. And so this was a big game. You got to call him out. Two touchdowns. He had to do his celebration. How do you like a celebration? His home run swing. I, I think it's kind of neat. So I, I'm fine with it. If you go back and watch the first one, they show I saw that, yeah. From from <laughs> behind, and there was a guy that pretended like he was jumping the wall to try to yeah. rob the home run. That yeah. was funny. 
I don't know yeah. who the guy is. Whoever you are, if you're listening, I, I see you. It was funny. Yeah. Uh, all right. What about the other side of this? What do you want to do for cold bowl of porridge? Cold? You know, you, you can go a lot of different ways. But I'm going to, again, I'm going to go a little outside the box here. And I'm going to go the, uh, my cold is the play call for a Hail Mary at the end of the half. Okay. Because for one, Justin Fields was on was on a heater, man. He had not had an incomplete pass at that time. Okay. Why break that streak? I know the coaches probably aren't thinking about it, but you got to realize your guy's hot. You know, you got to realize he's he's looking good here. And, and what are the odds of a Hail Mary working in the NFL? I mean, that that's probably as lower than the onside kick percentage. It doesn't happen very often. I know you're trying to get a, 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 a pass interference call, but even those, they really call it. There's a lot of pushing and shoving going on in the end zone. Yeah, they're not going to call they, that. They never call that kind of stuff. So you know what? I did not like the Hail Mary. You know, that was the beginning of the end for, for the offensive uh, troubles. This was going to happen there. It was all because of that stupid-ass Hail Mary call. Let Fields take a nice little check down, pad the stats a little more, or or get him spread out and hand off to Cleo Herbert. Let him run for a little bit here. But the Hail Mary call, that was just stupid. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. That is outside the box. That is not what I expected See? you to go. No. But I also have a play call. Okay. That, for me, the cold bowl porridge play call is to go for it on fourth and one well within field goal range with a tie football game late in the game. Now, you don't trust your defense. I mean, I guess I can understand that. But in this situation, you have to just get the points and you have to trust your defense to try to make you're a defensive head coach. Like pull something out, make it happen, right? Like, and again, you know, worst case scenario, you give up a touchdown and you lose at the end. Got it. Yeah. But if you give up a field goal, then you're tied again. And then you, you know, you play for overtime. Like that's, that's your approach is to, is to, is to try to go for it on fourth down. I mean, I don't like the play call uh, necessarily either. I think you want Justin Fields to have a run pass option yes. on, on that because he's, he's your most dynamic runner. I love Khalil Herbert. Like, you know, I'm fan number one of Khalil Herbert, but that's not what you you don't want to run an inside run from shotgun. Is that what it was? Like I'm I'm trying to replay it in my I, mind. Like I, I think they're saying it was a read option. And uh so Fields had the option to kind of fake and go. That's what I said. Darnell Wright said he kind of missed the block there, which kind of he thought kind of led to the the tackle. But I, I'm with you, man. You know, roll him out. You know, yeah. if you're going to do something like that, you know, he is your most dynamic offensive weapon. He's the guy that defenses are f- afraid of. You know, he was voted top 100 player in the NFL by his peers because he is the threat on that offense. So roll him out, give him an option, have a guy dragging across, run, run a mesh in front of him, do something. Give him an option to, to run and pick it up with his feet or to go ahead and, then, uh, you know, nice little dump off for the first down. I just thought the play call itself was for a run there. I don't know. I'm just not a big fan. If you're going to run, man, then let's power it in there with a big jumbo package. You know, let your fullback lead it up. Put in Roshan Johnson at tailback, and let's let's get the yards there if that's how you want to go. Because it wasn't like it was inches. We're talking like it was oh. it was a good long yard there. So right, and he was stuffed at the line. It wasn't yeah. there wasn't a measurement needed or anything like that. Nope. But a but even like a run from shotgun. Okay, yeah. Let's say it was a read option, whatever. Like you still have longer way to go. That's a little slower developing, right? Like, I mean, that's, that's not, and, and you're running up the middle, which, so you're running behind Patrick and white hair. Like, I mean, that's not your strength, right? Like, again, what do you do well? And I'm just not sure that that's, that was the right call, but 
I don't like the call to run a play, but then if you're going to run a play, put it in Justin's hands. So uh, I'm, I'm calling that out as well. So if that's Eberflus or if that's, uh, you know, it has to come from Eberflus first, right? He's got to make go for it, go yeah. for it on fourth, fourth down. And, and then the whole process where they had that, they, they tried getting the draw off sides and then they didn't go off sides and they're like, okay, well, let's, let's run it anyway. It's like, okay. You know, if you're going to run it, run it. You know what I mean? It's like. So they have plenty like, of time to think about it. So they have plenty. And, and they had all the extra time to think about it. And it's like, oh, my God. There. Hey, for, for the for the Jess Wright, why don't you take the Jess Wright first? I actually have two names written down. I got to think we may be kind of in the same realm here. I, I'm, I'm prepared today. I'm, I'm really prepared. So let's let, let's let's see here. You're just right. And I'll follow you up. I always have two names in case you pick one. Oh, so see? I, that's, that's always what I do. Okay. Uh, for me, it's uh, I'll, I'll pick DJ Moore. So okay. I think that this offense should run through DJ Moore. I have said oh, that yeah. from yeah. the start, said that when the trade happened, but I definitely have said it repeatedly when this offense has looked like crap. And DJ Moore is a very good wide receiver. And I don't think people are, I think they're starting to see it in Chicago, but like, I don't think that people are thinking high enough and I, I get it. He's not Justin Jefferson. Only Justin Jefferson is right. But get past that. Like DJ Moore has every right to be talked about in that five to 10 top, top five, top 10 wide receiver range. I, I think he's that good. You run your offense through a guy like that. And when Chicago does that, they're very successful. And so these are my expectations for DJ Moore for him yes. to get 117 yards, whatever it ended up being. Those are my expectations. For him. 131. Eight catches, 131 in a tutty. Those are my expectations for him. And yeah. so, and you know, not every week, you know, cause that would set some records, but like that, this doesn't surprise me, particularly against the defense. It's not very good. And he had Patrick or Tan following him around the field. Did, who's yeah. supposed to be a really good corner. And he was breaking them off. Like it was nothing. Right. So this is a very good player. Keep run your offense through him. That's who the way to go. So, so who I had him written down. Who was your other guy before I go to mine? Khalil Herbert. There you go. We're on the same page. Cleo <laughs> Herbert led the Bears 18 rushes, 103 yards, 5.7 yards per carry, which you want to see from him. Uh, he had four catches. Again, he's catching the ball. It looks natural. You know, he's not he's not fighting the catch, which we kind of saw. We, we noticed at a camp. He looks a little better as a, as a hands catcher. Uh, 19 yards and a touchdown. So this is what we want. I mean, Cleo Herbert, as much as we're all fans of Roshan Johnson, we think he's got a, a good career coming up in Chicago. Khalil Herbert's still your, your your top, he's your best runner. So the whole, uh, you know, give more carries to Johnson, that was the rumor before the game was, oh, the Bears are going to are gonna try and run Roshan Johnson more. Some of the the, the the national guys had that. They're like, oh, yeah, they want to stick to the run. So, of course, the Bears come out throwing all over the place. And then when they do run, it's it's Khalil Herbert. So uh, DJ Moore, Khalil Herbert this week said just right. We expect this kind of performance out of these two guys. You know, it's, it's interesting that you say that because – Last year you had David Montgomery and he was getting more carries than Khalil Herbert. And my, my uh, appeal to this team was you need to flip it because, because yes. Herbert is a much better runner. And I know that the other pieces of his game, he needed to pick up a little bit, but you want him to have more touches. And to me, it was a situation like in Cleveland. Now the bears do not have the Cleveland offensive line or anything like that, but Nick Chubb is an incredible runner. He's maybe not, I'm sure he's good in pass pro at this point, but like maybe not the best pass catcher, but just a pure runner. He's great. And then they used to have um, Hunt, Kareem Hunt, Hunt, who was much more of a, you know, he could kind of do the little stuff on the backfields, you know, whatever, but he would get, you know, the, the smaller share of the touches, whereas Chubb would get 
you know, you need to, you need to feed him because he's an explosive play waiting to happen. And that's what I think this could be. Now that you've got Roshan, he's a, he's a complete back. He can kind of do everything. And if he can serve as the number two, I know people are trying to thrust him into being RB one, but I, you know, you, you see it with Herbert, man, like, uh, boom, there's an explosive play. Boom. There's an explosive run. Like he has it. He's got the juice. It's a, it's a perfect nickname for him. So uh, yeah, those, those, those guys are, those guys are players. Run your Which offense is, with those guys. It just kind of goes back to like how, you know, we thought that they had some pieces in place here and, and, and this, this team should not be owing for at this point, you know, so hopefully it's getting it turned around here on Thursday nights. You talked about Washington's not the best, you know, uh, Sam Howell, he's okay. He's a second-year quarterback. He's uh, he leads the league in getting sacked and leads the league in sack percentage. Teams get to him, you know. Um, but on the flip side, they have a pretty good uh, front defense there, so they're going to get after Justin Fields. So it's, it's going to be a tough game. So Lester, what happens when an offensive line that can't block and a quarterback that can't get rid of a ball? takes on a defensive front that can't heat up the quarterback and can't finish off sacks when they have the opportunity. Something's got to give, right? So one of these units are going to get right on Thursday night. It's either going to be uh, the commanders, hey, we finally got our pass pro figured out, or it's going to be, hey, the Bears finally got a pass rush. So I- I'm hoping it's the, it's, it's, it's the Bears getting there because, you know, They've gotten close a little bit. Hopefully, it's not Brisker. Hopefully, it's not Brisker leading the team in pressure. It's got to be Yannick Ngakwe's got to get in there and you know make some damage here. There was a point last year where Brisker was the team lead, right? Like he had the team lead for sacks. And he then, led the yeah he he led the the team last year. I think he had four season ago. Well, I, I don't think he finished with the with the lead, but he had it for a while, like pretty deep into the year. And I think somebody yeah. else took him took him over towards the end. I think it was uh, Gibson took him over at the end, but. Anyway, uh, anything happen at the site that we need to point out, or uh, it's a condensed week. It is. Um, I emailed our team this morning because hey, we're, we got a, a tight week this week. We'll fit all our usual stuff in, so our previews will be there. You know, I know Aaron is Aaron is doing a great job with this uh, with this uh, touchdowns for tails. Um, the, the the concept was he was going to make it to where when the Bears win, you know, the charity wins. Of course, the Bears aren't winning nothing, uh, but he's kind of flipped it a little bit. Now he's kind of going off some prop bets. So, you know, if, if you're into like, you know, animal rescue kind of stuff, make sure you check that article out. Uh, I think it's coming out either later t- tonight or even tomorrow morning. But, you know, we'll fit everything in. And then, of course, the post-game stuff, again, it's going to be a little elongated because we have a little extra time. But, you know, I know whenever the Bears play on Thursday, I always try and find something to fun do on the week on the weekends. I don't I don't always watch football on that Sunday. Sometimes I'll like I'll, I'll throw a bone to the family and say, let's go do something. You know, and, oh, aren't the Bears playing? I'm like, oh, I don't care about the Bears this week. Let's go have some fun at the pumpkin there you farm go. or something. You know? Yeah, there was a, a, a tweet a while back. I saw something said. You know, honey, I'm not going to watch Tuesday night football. Let's go out and do Jeez. something. Really? Right? Yeah, yeah it could have been. I'm not going to watch the Bears this Sunday. Let's let's go out, family. Let's let's have some good time here. Uh, that's I, I do that. I do that every time the Bears don't play a Sunday, and my family well, has no idea. Well, uh, <laughs> you, all of you can uh, send me good vibes. I've got a half marathon on Saturday. That's going to be that's how cool. I'm spending part of my weekend, and then I'll be recovering, um, I guess, on Sunday. But we will be back here on Monday. We're not going to do Friday night game recap or anything like that. So we will do this show Monday, even though the game is on Thursday. Um, so we'll, we'll stick with our normal schedule. 
And uh, we'll stick around here to do some post-game Q&A with uh, the YouTube crowd. Uh, but for those of you that are joining us on the podcast, thanks for listening. And until next time, bear down.